0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. So good morning. Welcome to the Weaves of Waves. Uh, I am Kate, Kate Silvanus, and I'm going to be talking to you today about lots of different things. Uh, this is my podcast and it's also my radio. So I have been reading an amazing book. I've been made it, reading a lot of books. I haven't been very well, so I've had a sore throat, so no radio. I do my weekly radio. Well, I'm just going to do a daily week, a radio, usually 10 o'clock, uh, Weaves of Waves. It's on Citrus 3, so it's there's a little, it's a streaming one. Um, it gives me the opportunity to just talk, but I don't get a lot of feedback. So it's, it's a whole big game. Um, I'm doing the best I can under the circumstances. It's fun and games sometimes, and I laugh lots at myself. Right, the book that I have been reading, I want to tell you about one. It's an awesome book. It's by Richard Bach. And it gets confusing in places, I'll give it that. It is very simplistic and very easy. And I was like, why am I getting confused about this? But it's um, by the same author that wrote um, Jonathan Livingston Siegel, uh, Richard Bach, and it was written in 1988, so it's dated. And one of the things it kind of goes into is continues on for the, from his last book, which was *The Bridge Across Forever*, which was wonderful. It was about how he found his soulmate, which is really great, except for the fact that you go into his Wikipedia link and you work out that he divorced <laughs> in I think 1998 or seven. There was two different things, but he finds he finds Leslie, um, who is a ex. Uh, movie star and activist. And The Bridge Across Forever was an amazing thing. So it's kind of those two books. So I read one after the other. Um, And they were obviously together a long time, 25 years was a huge amount of time. And they are soulmates. Now, I'm quite fascinated by the term because I don't necessarily believe in it. Um, Unless, okay, there may not be one specific person out there for for you, but um, <laughs> maybe they're many and they're all sort of, sort of degrees of soulmates. But that's my opinion. This guy was looking for his soulmate and the bridge across forever was his search for it. Um, and then they ta- they go into sort of the esoterical and spiritual side of things, just like in Jonathan Livingston's St- Seagull. This guy is superb at putting metaphorical ideas across and he plants seeds in his book so his book goes down quite a few uh, levels so the the bridge across forever and then into one now one was the one that sort of blew my mind a bit I love when my mind gets blown (laughs) it's it's amazing thing it's one of those things where you Okay, that's an idea. It's an idea I haven't had. It goes into the multiverse, right? So they're flying along. He's a pilot. He's done his all his Um and a whole uh, bridge across forever was how he ended that. And then he went into sort of having loads of money, and then the, the the government, the Internal Revenue Tax Service in America, took it all from him. And there was a whole bunch of adventures there. But the one is they're a happily married couple. And they're flying into Los Angeles and they flip out of time space and they go into a world. Now, you could say, okay, it's a metaphor for, I hope, or maybe it was true. It's like a very, very detailed experiment. But they find a pattern. Um, their plane is a, a plane that can land in the water. So they've taken that into another world and it's like a parallel universe. And there's lots of them. There's billions upon billions. And it's every choice that they've made splits off into another world and if you think about that it's quite mind-boggling my partner often says that space is infinite you wouldn't actually need other worlds because space is huge why would you need so much space now if this guy is right and if his concept is right then we have a whole bunch of parallel worlds um, from every choice we make and there's eight billion plus people on this planet Bloody hell, that number goes way, 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 way off. So the parallel worlds, every choice you've made, you have a different aspect of self. Now, this is fascinating. So the person I was, um, I am nearly 50 years of age. The person I was, um would say 20, um, I made a whole bunch of decisions then that led to, well, actually, I've always made a whole bunch of decisions that led to where I am now and so you start looking at your own life with this idea that there are aspects that made different decisions you think about that there are aspects of Kate, me, Sylvanus that have made a whole string of uh, choices I made really really tough choices um, I was a child of science fiction fantasy if you've ever seen the series um, Battlestar Galactica the, the new one, not the 60s one though I watched the 60s one when I was a kid well, it must have been reruns because I wasn't around in the 60s. But Battlestar Collector was how you make tough choices. And those were fucking awful choices that they had, the characters in that movie, the series had to make. Um, so I've always sort of prided myself on the fact that I will make tough choices if I have to. I will walk away from things that perhaps I, I'm i torn. And I'm like, wow there is somebody out there that didn't make tough choices that actually chose the path that um that are, they are a totally different path so they will have totally different are they like me even They could be absolute sort of differently different to me so they are an aspect of me that is different and it it does go into sort of um their aspects. So you've got the Richard, the pilot, and the author, and his wife Leslie, and they meet various aspects of themselves. And he was an airline pilot, and in one aspect, he dropped the bomb on the atomic bomb on Kiev in Russia. And mm-hmm. yeah, that aspect of self was really horrific to, his, to him because he got out of the air force and became a barnstormer. So his choice was different to the one that stayed in the air force. And then there's another one that uh, he went back in time and he found Attila the Hun. Again, a very, very dark, violent aspect of him, which I can't respect that because I'm not one of these things that people that sort of like hearing all the love and light and fluffy stuff. There was a bit of that, but the raw stuff, the darker side of things, the shadow, makes it more real to me. There are aspects of me that I'm sure is in Attila the Hun, the rapist, the murderer, the serial killer, Um, We all get fascinated by that because there are aspects of ourselves in that, the shadow side. And yeah, this looking at the Attila, the Hun side of him, and then you find somebody who was channeling the aspect of love. Now, I say that with a sneer in my voice and I try not to, but I don't understand the aspect of love. In a lot of ways, I'm trying to understand that as we go along. But, okay, the aspect of love dictated this beautiful scripture to this guy. And it was an amazing thing about all connections. And And then the guy set fire to it. And he says, no, I don't want to start another religion. Thanks. Don't worry about it. And it was like a whole argument about, okay, so you start a priesthood. You become the priest of these scriptures. You start it all up. And it's there. And people go to war over it and fight over it and die over it. And a couple of thousand, a hundred years down the line, millions and millions of people are dead because of this beautiful scriptures. And it was sad, really. It was how we can't deal with this as a species. We can't deal with love and we can't deal with darkness. We can't deal with either. Uh, one will destroy us and then the other will turn us into against each other and into monsters. And so it's like, ah. Huh. So this got me a little depressed because you look around and you can see loads and loads of divisions that are getting wider. There's no doubt in my mind this, this world is getting a lot more divided. So the whole thing was, yeah, as an exploration of aspects of self in the multiverse. And then another work verse, he came back, He thought they thought they were trying to get home. So it was a whole thing trying to get back into home. And they got back and she died in the plane as it crashed. And so he had to go through the whole thing as he was suddenly lost his love of his life. And he went through, he was weeping on his grave, depression, suicide thoughts, the whole bunch of it. And she was watching as a ghost and she met her her dead brother and a dead friend. And I think it was a dog that she had when she was a child and she... They pushed through and they said, no, I'm not believing in this reality. I will not believe in this reality. We didn't get back. We're actually sitting in the plane. I am not believing this reality. And they pushed through to back into that multiverse um, where all the different patterns were. And suddenly she was alive again and they were together. And that again made me think, is that possible? What happens if we have a really shitty situation? I mean, something that is devastating, absolutely shitty. Can we really push ourselves into a reality where it didn't happen? I'm not sure on that. Concept was nice. Concept was all nice and fluffy and rainbows and flowers. But the actual, could you do that in real life? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm reading the next book. Uh, I'm probably going ahead of myself, but the next book, uh, it's not quite, it's one of his latest books was Illusions 2, and he's married to someone else, which really does my head in a bit because he looked very much for his Leslie. And he obviously, in real life, it didn't work out. And it was like, how did that not work out? (laughs) But I'm the first one to know that things don't work out in relationships like you want it to be, but Wow. And you know, he, you you read the Wikipedia thing off it, and then he, he's a guy. He's a guy, and he's like done bad things and good things. So it's like it's not like he's anybody different from anybody else. So this busting through and changing your reality, pushing against the thin membrane of the multiverse, and just stepping into it. Now I've had these theories, and I'm not the only one. I've heard other people with these theories of the fact that somehow when we sleep, we go into. Different reality. so we we step into the multiverse. That's cool. That's all very well and good. And Richard Barth talks about that in dreams, and he talks about um, learning how to astral project and lucid dream and actually take control of things in his sleep. So I thought, well, I used to do that years ago, but it's probably a good idea to see if I can do it again. So I've started keeping a dream journal and reading a few books on astral projection. Um, I find these on Kindle. I have Kindle Unlimited, so I can get free, free books. I can get 10 of them. So I go through quite a few different ones. And it's the best thing I can do when can't, bookshops aren't open. I think they are essential, but that's my opinion. So, yeah, there, there you have um, one. And they do eventually, obviously, they get home and they find that a lot of the people they met were actually aspects of self in real life. Uh, it was all, again, very nice and sugarly coated. He's very simplistic. He's dealing with a lot of concepts that are deepened, quantum physics and stuff, and he turns them into simple, complex, uh, simple um, content. And I respect that. That's kind of good. He gets that from his Jonathan Livingston Siegel bits. Okay, so yeah, I recommend one if you get a chance, because it's a mind fuck. One as a book is a mindfuck because it messes around with your own heads. If what he's saying is possible, it can change your life. I mean, it's crazy. How can it? uh, Yeah, but it can because he obviously, either this is all a metaphor, right? Which I am well aware of. Um, But the way he comes across it, it makes it possible. And I have, I have, aspects of truth coming up in my gut um yeah so that is um uh, richard bach b-a-c-h and that there is like a whole string of books jonathan livingston seagull uh, i think was his first one um and it's it's a beautiful metaphorical book it's a classic i think they made a movie of it i really probably should watch that um and then Illusions. um that was the adventures of a reluctant messiah um yeah, all right. Again, a little bit of fairy tales intermingled with possible truths. So he's using story to promote truths. Then running from safety, a gift of wings, there's no place no such place as far away. And then okay, things that I haven't read. Out of my mind, and then a few story books. But I'm reading right now Illusions 2. So I'll let you know on how that goes. Anyway, that's my Talk on Richard Bach and the the book called One. Thank you for listening. Enjoy. And I hope you tune in to the Waves of Weaves podcast with Sylvanus as often as you can. Thanks. Bye now. Thank you for listening to my podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. This is Sylvanus at Weaves of Waves. And I hope I weaved for you some hope, some empowerment. And if nothing else, I made you smile. Take care of yourselves and each other. Love you lots. Bye now.